1: Beth makes me really uncomfortable. I, I, I. <laughs> oh, you got a lot of swish in those hips, young lady. <laughs> so <benign. We'll> be <laughs> up.
2: Hey, y'all, it's the Yellowstone Denton Rules Podcast here with my co host, Billy Dukes. And we are jumping right on into episode five and six of Yellowstone. Billy. I'm so pumped to talk about these two episodes because they are meaty. But what is the biggest takeaway that we should probably be marinating on before we dive in?
1: Well, it's not the Beck brothers, which is surprising because you know much I love talking about the Beck brothers. (laughs) And they were certainly moving and grooving during episodes five and six. And you start to see their full reach. Uh, It's not Monica and her hunky physical therapy guy who they had a little bit of a a fling there. Totally (laughs) forgot about that scene, by the way. Uh, It's not all the cowboy stuff that Jimmy is up to. There was some great cowboying in these two episodes. Taylor Sheridan returns as Travis for a short time and Jimmy kind of goes about his way. It has to be this sort of fracture right down the center of Jimmy's character. This is a point of no return for Jamie and everything that happens moving forward is going to really uh, really kind of be based on what happens with this scene with the reporter and really now what we know about his history with his dad, John Dutton.
2: Yeah, at first I thought you had said Jimmy. So I was like, oh, wait, no, no. But then you you said Jamie later. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like these two episodes, specifically uh, episode six, where we see uh, Jamie become a little bit unhinged, like you start seeing the screws become loose. Like they've been unscrewing, but now like we're losing, we're losing some screws along the way. Like, it, ew.
1: One hundred percent. I mean, and obviously we're going to get to some pretty big spoilers here. So if you have not watched at this point, you probably want to tap on out of there right quickly before we start getting into the meat of it. But, you know, Beth often calls her brother selfish and she uses that in a pejorative sense. And I'm not really necessarily sure I agree with her that it's a a negative word. He was being selfish, but I think he he was acting in his own self-interest might be a, a better way to say it. Uh, did he go too far? Probably. But you start to see, I mean, he, you start to see like how long he's been selfless for this family, even though his father right. says the opposite is true. He didn't want to go to Harvard. His dad applied to Harvard on his behalf and made him become a lawyer. And now he just wanted to do what was best for him. I still feel for Jamie a little bit, even at this point.
2: Uh, The thing for me is, and I'm not saying his actions are merited necessarily, like they're still like, yes, Jamie, you could still handle it differently, but he's been screwed over many times uh, that we've seen so far that it's kind of like, I I would have a little bit of like uh, a guarded heart and just kind of, you you do want to take care of yourself at some point. You know what I mean? I mean, kind of to your point of like, you don't know if selfish is necessarily the right word, but after seeing that flashback scene of realizing John is the one who signed Jamie up for Harvard. And I mean, Jamie says, I want to be you one day. And John's like, no, you don't want to be me. I need you to be a lawyer so you can take care of this family. I kind of fault John of like, dude, you're the one who set him up for this path that he didn't even want. And now the repercussions of what that could come one day like that, that's kind of, I mean, our choices all have, I sound like my parents, your choices all have consequences, whether it's a pro or con there's always going to be a result from from actions um and part of me is like I, i'm 50 50 i'm like john
1: keep going yes oh you. no no, no, no. <laughs> keep, keep going I, I, I have something to say but i'm waiting my biting my tongue you did you did that. i, did. I was like yes i, I, I put my uh... finger up for those listening so I'm
2: I'm 50-50. Like I see John's frustration. I see Jamie's frustration. And then I see like the, the deficit in both.
1: I was excited to share something that I just recalled. I wasn't being a good co-host and listening and engaging 100%. So I apologize to you for that. But <laughs> did you catch the little tiny spoiler that came at the end of episode five when Beth is dragging Jamie out by the hair? To tell her father that he had talked to the reporter, she says something super interesting in retrospect, knowing what happens in episode in seasons four and five of this show. What'd she say? She grabs him and says, and I'm gonna swear her, I apologize. Tell him, you motherfucking mutt. Mutt. Because you know he's he's not part of their family. He's not a Dutton. Remember, we later learned he's adopted. Do no, you think I, Beth, I'm, that was a pejorative and Beth was like bringing that back up? She knows. Oh. No.
2: Interesting. Well, I, no, no, I'm tracking. The reason why I'm a little hesitant is because I, I kind of forgot that. Uh, some odd reason I thought Jamie knew that his dad wasn't actually John, but he just never knew who it was and then found out who it was. But I guess I'm no. incorrect on my thought process there.
1: No, no, no. We're getting ahead to see some season four, season five stuff where where Jamie finds out he's adopted. So I apologize for that spoiler if you're just watching seasons <laughs> one and two. This is the, the line we try to balance. Um but go ahead.
2: What yeah. I did love, well no, because I'll let you you finish whatever you wanted to finish. I don't know what my two little pointer fingers are at it right now. Um you finished what you wanted to finish because I wanted to talk about the beginning of episode five. <laughs>
1: Okay, well, a quick sort of refresh as to what we're referring to in the grand scheme of things. In episode six, Jamie finally confronts the reporter and he begs her not to run the story. Sarah is her name, and she foolishly agrees to meet him in the middle of nowhere, brazenly thinking she can just walk out of there. Jamie goes nuts, and he ends up killing her. First, he just knocks her out, and then he strangles her with her own two arms. <sighs> A lot of plot holes in this scene that never really get tied up. First and foremost being whoever found her is going to see some pretty significant bruising around her neck. Um, Right. That never really gets addressed and he more or less is going to get away with this crime. But uh, that's why why Jamie is having this major character meltdown midway through season two.
2: What I loved about, well, number one, yeah, that really, because I mean, this is the first time I've watched any of this. And so, that really surprised me because outside of, well, okay, I won't. I was going to talk about all the people that Jamie killed, and then I realized that that would be way too many spoilers. So I'm just going to not do that. But this is the first person that we've seen him kill so far, right?
0: Or did he Well, it started?
1: is. And I think they even, uh, Rip or someone back in the bunkhouse even refers to it about how Jamie got his his first kill or, or, or something like that. There is some sort of uh, reference uh, like to that. Gotcha. Yeah, it is a little bit like that. Uh, there are some parallels. Mm-hmm. and it, You know, that even gets kind of drawn a little bit later at the very end of episode six, when Tate goes hunting with his dad and kills his first deer, feels uh-huh. the same sort of guilt, and, and they uh, celebrate that kill. But that's also Tate's first kill. So there's a little bit of a, a parallel plot point going on there.
2: Episode five, the beginning, it opens up where we see the little romance bud between Little, little Rip and uh, Little Beth. And man, she is talk about. I'm like, maybe I should be taking notes off of Beth at whatever, what like 11 years old. I was like, Dad, Gum, Beth, who ta- who taught you how to flirt like that? It's seven going on 38, I'm like, what on earth?
1: That, that young Beth makes me really uncomfortable. I, 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 every time she's on screen, like, imagine. like it's like just sort of weird. They're in some ways sort of sexualizing this teenage girl and the yes. old creeper guy is like, oh, you got a lot of swish in those hips, young lady. It's like, oh, <laughs> ah, <yeah, laughs> brother. Soap in the well, eyes, yeah. soap the eyes, clean that. <laughs> Beyond that, like the exchange she has with Rip is so like mm. 1940s acting style where they just sort of have these jabs of dialogue that sort of advance. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't have any yeah. sort of, personality she's just all like zingers and one-liners and that's a little bit how she is as an adult too but she's it's just sort of weird I, I don't I don't I don't love young Beth
2: no I agree they're very like they give me the ick her her scenes are giving me the ick but what did what scene I did like is where she's back in the barn for, to meet up with Rip Rip I can't remember why he was Right. Oh, one of the cowboys. Because he
1: beat up the old guy who yeah. the swish in the hips guy, and he was hitting Rip on the head with a spoon, saying, "Little orphan boy, little orphan boy."
2: I'm sorry. What? <laughs> That's what yes, he was, he was. No, I know he, he was. I just wasn't expecting uh, the take two of the scene. Um, but anyway, so he goes back to the barn, and it's this really kind of tender moment because we never really see Beth being tender, but they pretty much have this moment where it's like. They talk about the fact that like Rip killed his family where he didn't really, but he allowed, you know, the dad to come back into the home. Different things that caused cause and effect. And similar to Beth, Beth didn't actually physically kill her mom. But, you know, because she was reluctant on getting on a horse, yada, yada, yada. The events led to the death. So it was interesting that they both kind of have a similar baseline, similar but different.
1: Rip, by the way, during that scene, young Rip, I mean, he was cleaning up horse manure. Like, he had mm-hmm. to smell god-awful. And Beth was still, like, ready for a make-out make session. Out like, yeah. I'm just not <laughs> buying it. Like, I know she's tough and she's cowgirl, but there had, like when you smell, like, cow manure, like, that has to be, like, it's just a... You know? Please <laughs> hold. Yeah. No way. I don't care how much swiss she has in her hips. Her
2: hips. <laughs> yeah, well, God. they experienced their... their. I know. Uh, we're moving on past that because I just can't. But uh, they experienced their first kiss. And I think that's the only part of the flashback. Like, then we just go to normal. We don't see any more of their progression when they're younger. Right?
1: Well, and I, I think what that informs us and why that is important is it kind of takes us flash forward. Because that, that went directly to a scene where we see um, Beth and Rip today. And this is mm-hmm. I mean, this is a much softer Beth that we're seeing. Like she says, I'm sorry to rip, I think probably for the first time. And I think mm-hmm. really here you have to sort of pin down is like the point her mindset sh- shifted. Because remember, season one, season two, Rip was kind of just a fling for her. He was kind of a toy. And now right. it's shifting and they're becoming boyfriend and girlfriend. And that relationship is becoming something pretty serious. So I think that's what that flashback sort of set up for us.
2: You know what we were also set up for in this episode? Jimmy is trying to round up some extra money. Mm -hmm. And so he (laughs) – I love Jimmy so much. He – and I'm already forgetting the term where you stop a horse. There's absolutely a term and we've talked about it and why I'm forgetting it. I don't know. But he decides, you know, Taylor Sheridan Travis, his character Travis comes and all these pro um, horse riders. That's absolutely not the right word. Um, <laughs> Help me.
1: <laughs> Cowboys?
2: Cowboys. <laughs> still don't think that's right, but that's okay. Maybe you can Google as I'm still talking. But uh, they're in the arena all stopping their horses, seeing who can stop quickest, how long, yada, yada, yada. So Jimmy being Jimmy, he's like, I think I'm pretty good at it. Let me, you know, get in on it. And Travis pretty much is like, hey, if you're going to do that, like you have to pay money for however many people you're behind. Well, no shocker, Jimmy comes in last. What did you say?
1: Yeah. A pay-up. It's called a pay-up.
2: Yep. A pay-up. Thank you. I'm too passionate, and I clearly haven't gained some of the terminology wrong. But uh, Jimmy's last, no surprise. Well, now he's poor. Um, yep. And his whole point was he was trying to get money, which I'm like, Jimmy, you. I was with Rip. I'm like, you idiot. It'd be like me saying, I, uh, I um, lived with, in college, three roommates who were on the track team. At AM. And it would be like me saying, Oh, I'm gonna go throw two of them through the javelin. I'm gonna go through the javelin. I think I'm like pretty good at it and like right. you know, I'm probably gonna get before them. Heck no! Like I'm fully aware that that's just like you're an idiot, Jimmy.
1: <laughs> His naivete is is pretty charming. Um the event is called raining and the the uh specific course event is called the sliding stop. Um I do love Lloyd's sort of fatherly relationship with him. Like (laughs) he really cares for Jimmy like a son. And, you know, we we see this kind of play out through future seasons as well. Lloyd is always there for Jimmy and it's much more Mm -hmm. than just they both have the brand. Like I think Lloyd sort of thinks of him as his own son. And I wouldn't be surprised if at like some point or in some backstory that never made the screen, Lloyd lost a son or Lloyd had a son that he was cut off for at some point. Um, hmm. We never see that, but it almost kind of takes you down that path.
2: Other noteworthy things from episode five: you see Donnie Haskell, Haskell is being blackmailed by um, John,
1: the Beck Brothers. We
2: want to talk about that. No, he's, he's being blackmailed
1: by the back. He's being blackmailed by the Beck oh, Brothers. That's
2: right. That's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we, we finally seen, I remember I've been telling you to kind of keep an eye on Donnie Haskell mm-hmm. from the get-go, going back to that episode with the bear on the cliff. Why would he grab those bullets? It's all along, the Beck brothers have been pulling these strings. Sheriff mm-hmm. Haskell owed the casino a great debt, so the Beck brothers basically made him um, work for them and, and kind of do their bidding. And he's been doing that for weeks, months, years, who knows for how long. Um, and now John Dutton knows about it as um, Haskell wants to keep the Beck brothers out of the valley. Uh, so up to this end, though, we find out that Dan Jenkins didn't kill John Dutton's cattle by putting the clover in the field, and mm-hmm. so at the end of episode six, John Dutton is forced to maybe kind of have formed some sort of alliance with Thomas Rainwater and Dan Jenkins, so they can kind of push out the Beck brothers, and that's going to get nasty. Like I almost need to warn you. Like the really? most. Oh shoot. The the most difficult Yellowstone scene. uh, uh, Well, there's actually two of them coming up here to end episode, to end season two. Like there's two really, really tough scenes. One's really brutal. The other one's just more a hard situation.
0: Uh, Okay.
1: Yeah. I don't. I. I. I, It's a scene that I wonder how they're gonna even show on network television. Like I do not know. Oh. (laughs)
2: Oh. Oh gosh. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's a tough one.
2: Well, anything from, uh, episode six for me was, I think the main takeaways from episode six is we see that flashback with Jamie and John, so we learn kind of just the origin of what got Jamie into the career that he's in. Jamie and the reporter, he kills the reporter. The later, the latter half of the episode is just him, you know, coming to Rip, saying, at first Rip doesn't want to help him, and then Jamie says, hey, I've been a good friend to you, which. In my head, I was like, have you? But whatever. Uh, so then Rip does- Same. I
1: thought the same. <laughs> I was yeah. was
2: like, okay. <laughs> show, me, show me the facts, Jamie. Show me the facts. Right. He uh, gets Rip to say, okay, I'm going to go help you dispose of the body, car, yada, yada, who then Rip enlists Walker to <laughs> yeah. uh, essentially help take out the kayak, all the above. He comes to find, oh, I've been an accomplice in a murder- and Rip's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not part of this. I had you do all the work. He Walker realizes, ah, I'm screwed um and he (laughs) this is my favorite part he says like i'm out of here essentially and so rips like great we'll take you to the train station and walker's thinking obviously we know as viewers what the train station means but walker's like great i'm gonna get the hell out of dodge i'm going to the train station
1: (laughs) mighty nice of you (laughs) cowboy thank you sir
2: yeah yeah, i know how kind of you (laughs)
1: oh
2: man but yeah yeah, how do we how do we end that? I can't even remember now. I remember it. Casey ends up taking him.
1: So let me back up just a moment here because there's another little foreshadowing point that oh. you, I wonder if you caught as well. During that car ride with between Rip and Jamie, Rip says to Jamie, you know, Jamie, at some point, the only way to get rid of this, the mess is to get rid of you. Don't put me in that position. Do you think... That quote might come back around to end this series somehow. Rip and Jamie, mano y mano, don't put me in that position. Here they are. Huh? You could very well see it, right?
2: I mean, yeah, I guess I could. I mean, I think there's just so many questions in my head of how we're even going to start this next uh, this next chapter without John. So I'm like, how does, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, Yeah.
1: So the the other thing is we ended it with Casey taking Walker to the train station. And along the way, Walker figure out, figures out what's going to happen. And he has a pretty good speech for Casey, who's also looking to do things a little bit differently. And they both kind of come to a gentleman's agreement that Walker is going to stay away from town, stay away from the ranch and never tell what he saw. And then maybe at some point when Casey's running things, Walker will be walking back to the ranch. So Walker is off the show. Spoiler alert. If you've looked at seasons three, four and five. He comes back at some point, but for now, he, he's off the show. So I ask you kind of again now. We've seen a, a full arc of Walker's character. How do you feel about Walker?
2: He's not – he
1: – Do you like him any better? Are you warming up to uh, him? Do you see how I, he represents a little bit of a heart and soul and sort of the good angel in a lot of ways?
2: I don't know about the good angel, Billy. Let's not go there. But I do – I came in at season four, so I just – yeah, I, I'm seeing kind of the origin of where he started, and he doesn't. I, I don't love him like I love Jimmy. I, I tolerate sure.
1: Him. Well, he's not lovable necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, another funny him. little moment from the show is when Lloyd says that he Jimmy's going to be crawling in buckle bunnies, and Jimmy's like, "What's a buckle bunny?" And it's like, well, I love Lloyd him. sure was right because two of them come live to the ranch here in, in just a few more I know. <laughs> episodes. <laughs>
2: i'm like sweet jimmy sweet jimmy i love it
1: yeah i mean jimmy the the second time through this is really the third time through i've watched the show but jimmy's character i think with each reviewing gets better and better and and i find myself liking his character i find myself liking walker more the second time through i can Um, tell i don't like character i don't like rip as much as i i did the first time through i don't think Hmm. um but i i don't know um this episode, episode six, I mean, this is probably a top five episode in the Yellowstone canon. Was good. Like, really, really good. With Jamie killing the reporter, Walker getting sent to the rain station, train station, uh, Jimmy winning that bell buckle, um, John almost forming an alliance with the Beck brothers, and or with um, Thomas Rainwater and Dan Jenkins. Like, there's just a lot to like throughout the whole thing.
2: Staff at com is where, as always, you guys can email us outside of the trivia question, which we'll get to later, but any thoughts and comments of the episodes that we recap. And I kind of want to know your opinion. Uh, like I said, staff at tasteofcountry.com. Do y'all like Walker right about now or do we not love Walker? Um, oh my gosh, Billy, I cannot believe I almost forgot. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why Walker spurred the thought uh, in episode six. PT boy and Monica are getting it on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she ends up, I'm thinking, oh, no, wait, where are we headed? She ends up not going farther than just making out. But anyways, I just said that that's really I I guess there's like that. That was a don't worry about it moment. But I just didn't think that he was going to come back at all. And he did.
1: Yeah, I totally forgot about that scene because it happens after Mm -hmm. she and Casey reunited Mm -hmm. in episode four, I think. Um, mm-hmm. so the fact that she's like, oh, let's go taste this flavor over here. Like she did not seem like that. She that, like, but you know, whatever. But once again, it's a, <laughs> don't worry about it in the big picture, but he keeps coming back and proving me wrong. I wish he would go away. So just so I don't I know. keep looking I know. foolish.
2: I know. <laughs> back to where I was originally headed before I randomly thought of Monica and the PT man, uh, staff at taste of go Co- t- what staff at taste of com is our email. And as always, we greatly appreciate. Any rating and review on Apple Podcasts and you can rate us also on Spotify and send this little bad boy to all your friends. I know the holidays are coming up. I know I've got a long drive ahead and hey, why not play some some Dutton Rules podcast, you know?
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day. You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: So last Friday, mm-hmm. we uh, broke some news, um, possibly uh, about Yellowstone. And this came from an interview you did with a a singer named Corey Asbury. Uh Um, He's big in the Christian world. Christian rock kind of has a bit of a country slant. And you did an Instagram live interview with him. Uh, Uh Big fan of Yellowstone. What if we played that audio or a portion of it and then kind of came back and reacted to what he has to say? Does that work?
2: Oh, let's do it. I'm pumped. You were supposed to be on this coming season of Yellowstone? Yeah. Tell me me more.
1: so they, they
2: canceled the show. Right. Like, so season five is going to finish. Right. Right. But season
1: six, um, I was supposed to be Casey's long lost brother.
0: We were going to, um, we're going to move to Montana for a full year. Like we were ready. Like our family was ready. And, uh, Anna gave me the, okay. And our kids were like, okay, cool. Like we'll go live in Montana. Um, because they're, like
1: yeah it'll take it'll take a full year of your life you'll have to cancel all your shows blah 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 and
2: i was like yeah all right cool (laughs) sounds good
0: so yeah that was uh that was real like and i was fired up about it and so bummed when it was canceled so bummed
2: dude that was gonna be a whole nother like curveball Uh, like really No.
1: so okay, on, on. my first take on that is mind blown. But I have a right? thought. I want to get your reaction to what he said and what your feeling is.
2: Well, first, if y'all uh, head over to our... You can Google this, but specifically head over to our YouTube if you're listening to this because we will put a side-by-side of both Luke Grimes and Corey Osbury. They look very similar. Like this. Sure. this is one of those of like... You guys hit the jackpot on trying to find someone who, you know, relate, looks like they could relate. Yada, yada, yada. Um, Okay. Well, this is why when Corey told me that, why it blew my mind was because I was like, oh, my gosh. Number one, dadgum, I'm bummed that season six won't happen because I was ready for some drama that didn't involve Jamie and Beth Dutton. Uh, But two where my brain was going, I was like, wait a minute. Now I will say he did say long lost brother, how I personally translated that. And I'm interested to hear your two cents. I translated that, that as half brother, um, because I was like, well, if he's long lost, I mean, yes, he could technically be a full brother if he, if John and Evelyn gave him up for adoption, but like, mm, I'm going to go with half brother. But in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, that means that he's half brother to Lee and Beth, which then means at some point, either John Dutton had an affair or before he got with Evelyn, he had a child outside of like before marrying Evelyn or getting with Evelyn. Like there could be a whole nother family.
1: Well, he would have had to have had an affair because Corey Asbury's 38. So you got to figure he would have been between 35 and 45 on the show. And yeah, I, I suppose maybe if they really aged him, he could have been their older sibling.
2: Yeah, I was like, you Um, never know how they would have spun that.
1: But in the fairies, I do want to... I have have a natural journalistic skepticism when there's (laughs) not a second source giving a story because this is his story, and Corey Asbury... I have no reason to believe Corey Asbury is not an honorable man. But there is a version of this story exists where we find out Corey Asbury got catfished. (laughs) (laughs) If you think about it, like, he was supposed to meet it, like, that day, and he couldn't do it, and then it all kind of fell apart, and he never talked to Luke Combs. <laughs> There's some part of me that's like, gosh, you mean I Luke wish. Luke Grimes? Luke Grimes, yeah. Long Luke. We have a lot of Lukes in our world. Like, there is, <laughs> like, too. a part of me that's like, gosh, I wish we had one more little source, like, it'd be like, Paramount was like, oh, yeah, that happened. Bummer. But we'll yeah. never get that, because to talk about season six might be to spoil mm-hmm. season five, mm-hmm. but. I'm it's hedging kind of like just I, a little bit on his story.
2: I get texts from a ca- or calls from a casting member asking if I want to be an extra. I'm air quoting y'all if you're listening to this. Uh, right. If I want to be an extra on Yellowstone, I'm like, mm, how reliable is this? Also, maybe I'm like ignoring Paramount Plus this whole time. And Billy, I could have been a superstar, but I'm I'm going. <laughs> what could, what could have been? They heard this up. They heard this <laughs> podcast. But I've always aired on the side of like I, this is probably spam.
1: Another sibling would have put the whole sort of um, family—I mean, not the family tree—the the, the breakdown in terms of who gets the property. Like he would have had a claim on the Dutton family ranch. So that would, have it been, would make
2: sense of why he's circling back.
1: Yeah, I mean, he like, he could have been a real villain um, to a certain degree. I mean, the Duttons I mean, are not someone who welcome outsiders. Like I could see Beth trying to kill her half brother. She already tries to kill oh, one brother.
2: Absolutely,
1: so <laughs> well, I will not say,
0: perfect.
2: like, regardless, <laughs> like you said, yes, you put your little journalist hat on. I put my dreamer hat on in that moment. But of like, okay, yes, we would like one more source for it to be like maybe 100 percent credible. But it was just fun of getting to you know we sure. talked to Darius Rucker or I'm trying to think of who else, not Lainey because Lainey was actually on the show, but you know artists who are who are fans. But it's oh, fun sure. when you're talking to an artist that's not only a fan but like you got this close to maybe being on the show. So it definitely, and it was just a really good, I'm like, I literally had written down and I put that on the Instagram live. I had written down like, man, he really looks like Luke Grimes. And that's kind of then where that conversation led.
1: Uh, We have Bass Reeves to talk about in a moment. Do you want a quick 30 second plug our t-shirts?
2: Y'all, I do. And last week, you saw that Billy held up one of our t shirts. We now, we're creating merch, y'all. And specifically, we have a Yellowstone train station t shirt, and it also comes in a hoodie. It's uh, mm-hmm. the tasteofcountrystore.com, correct, Billy? Mm-hmm. Is where you can find it. Also, we can put the link in the show notes here at the in the description section. Uh, it comes in olive,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, white, and what was that color last last time? I said charcoal, Billy. What color is it? It's not charcoal.
1: Was it asphalt?
2: Oh, that's or- what it was. It's asphalt. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah okay. you know, you're right. Because I was like, that's so random. Um, but yeah, we also have other t-shirts on there, like a a Dolly Reba. And why am I? Oh, uh, anyways, just a few other yeah. shirts, but specifically the ones that we are we're plugging is a T-shirt and sweatshirt that says Yellowstone train station. I'm gunning for a hat at some point, as y'all have probably noticed And most ma- mainly is because, you know, my hair needs to be washed, but I really do love a good trucker hat. So <laughs> hopefully at some point One we have, we have a trucker hat. But yeah, they're they're pretty sweet. We've gotten a lot of compliments.
1: What did you think of episode four, part four of Bass Reeves? Like you're just like one word review or breakdown of part four of this show. Mm. <laughs> it's just sort of a grunt.
2: Uh, uh, queasy.
1: Queasy. Okay. Queasy. That's not what I thought you were going with, with grunt. Because, of the, the, because of the amount of violence.
2: No, because of the sun Mr. Sundown scene, and where they uh, skinned the dude's face,
1: yeah, that was a tough one to watch. That was pretty early in the episode uh, you know we we talked about how Bass Reeves hasn't been as violent of a show as uh, mm-hmm. some others, but um there certainly are it certainly has its moments um, mm-hmm. quick. 30-second recap of the episode. We jumped ahead two more years now to where Bass is well into his job as a U.S. Marshal. Billy Crow, who we met last episode, has now become his posseman. And he's out looking for another outlaw. Um, Through some quick wit and some good investigative skills, he rounds up a bunch of outlaws. Has an encounter with a man in a brothel. Um, That man ends up getting killed. But along the way, during a campfire scene... One of the criminals he's rounded up tells a story of Mr. Sundown. And I don't think that story was told well enough for the viewer. Like the guy tells the story of Mr. Sundown at times. It's difficult to understand what he's saying. It's not something that you can Google search and and kind of learn about on your own. You're just sort of led to believe he's sort of like a boogeyman, but like the importance of him and how he apparently is going to sort of hang over the remainder of this show. That's not really made clear. Like, I didn't walk away afraid of this Mr. Sundown character.
2: I agree. Well, and even you, we talked about it a little bit after we both had watched it. Like, I feel you enlightened me a little bit more on Mr. Sundown. Like, it just wasn't, like, when I first watched it, I didn't take too much note of the character itself. And just, it just was confusing, all that to be
1: said. I tried to go back and watch it. Like, I had missed something. And I didn't really. Like, it's just... Kind of like this um, ghost that is sort of a legend that now apparently Bass is seeing him. I don't know. Um, I was confused. I was confused kind of through parts of this episode.
2: I feel like this episode was a really big just like Bass Reeves doing his job episode.
1: And that's that's what the last episode was too. It was a maintenance episode we called it. Like this was almost Mm -hmm. like another one of those. And we seem to be getting... The show is ambitiously trying to wrap about 50 years worth of action into seven or eight hours of television. And I think because of that, I I was talking to a coworker. um, It's almost like an artist's greatest hits album. You know, like if you're a true fan of that artist, you love one album from an era that sort of describes that chapter. Like that's your personal favorite. That's the one that really hits you. For example, I'm a huge Eric Church fan. I love the... um, uh, I love the Chief album, but I also love the uh, Mr. Misunderstood album. And Eric Church's Greatest Hits album, it's okay. I'm going to be happy with that, but it's not going to have those deep cuts I like. I'm missing some Bass Reeb deep cuts here. I, th- I, I think agree. that's what the show is lacking for me at this point.
2: Well, I think what that does is it doesn't allow you to really kind of cling to a character emotionally. You're kind of like, I- I'm jumping all over the place. Totally. I'm not, I'm not a groupie.
1: Yeah. And because Bass himself isn't a character that is very, he's not very charismatic. Like he, he's not easily lovable. Uh, he's a hard character. He's a hard entrance. Um, and and the show itself and the story they're telling and the man they're telling the story about is really, really interesting. But like, as far as like character development yet, I haven't gotten quite to that point. Like we have with some of these other shows that are related to Taylor Sheridan where you fall in love with an Elsa, Or you fall in love with a Jimmy or um, even Margaret and James Dutton in Yellowstone. Like, there's no one I can fall in love with yet. Partly because all these big characters come for an episode and then they're gone. You know, it's hard to sink your teeth into anybody.
2: The character that I am kind of liking and we see, I'd say that I paid more attention to him in this episode than Bass is uh, Billy Crow.
1: Sure. yeah, He's a good
2: guy now. Or a good guy in the sense that he's going to be an ally and help Bass.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, And and that is, he he is, he's fun to watch. He's a little mischievous. He's young, so he makes some youthful mistakes. Um, And the other one, I think probably is Bass's daughter and her suitor, Arthur. Like they're pretty charming to watch when they're on screen together. Hey, but it's a little love story there. It's kind of romantic. It's nice sort of balance to like, you know, the guy getting his face skinned off. Oh,
2: totally. No, no, no. I, I do agree with that. I just think that that, why I went me is because I feel as if this episode specifically was just a little bit slower. Like, we saw them, and I just kind of felt like it was just there to fill.
1: Also, two bit. years later, and they're still just kind of like... I know, I mean,
2: that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they... Homeboy has not... He needs to step up his either flirt game or pursuit game and vice versa, because, yeah, this is... <laughs> this is going nowhere. <laughs>
1: So I did a little research on this. um, Of course you did. And I was curious to know. (laughs) Edison saying the quiet parts out loud. I was curious (laughs) to know. A little bit about maybe. I I wanted to know which characters. If if any were based on real characters. And the bottom line is there haven't been a whole lot. Outside of Bass. His wife and family. This Judge Parker character is real character. And then some of the older characters we met in the first episodes. Billy Billy Crow doesn't appear. He does not appear to be a re- based on a real oh, character, as far as really? I can tell. Oh, um, I thought he was. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the, the show is based on a book called Follow the Angels, Follow the Doves by an author named Sidney Thompson. And history tells us that Bass's daughter, Sally, she does go on to marry, but she doesn't go on to marry a man named Arthur Mayberry. So if Arthur is just a fictional character, it just, just sort of serve this story, or if something is going to happen to him... Um, That eventually leads her to who ends up being her true husband, I guess, remains to be found out.
2: Interesting. Is there anything? that That's all I got for Bass Reeves.
1: (laughs) You you know, when we first started watching this, Paramount asked us to not review the show per se until we've actually watched all the first four episodes. Um, So I've kind of held my opinion back a little bit. But I think overall, thus far, like, I think it's an interesting show with some interesting characters, but it's probably my least favorite of all the sort of Taylor Sheridan connected shows that we focused on on this podcast. Yeah. Like, I just I just don't think about it afterwards. Like yeah. I do some of these other shows.
2: Yeah. No, and I think the huge, a uh, large part in that is because of the fact that it skips forward so much yeah. that I'm just never really. Yeah, I don't think about it after. Uh, it's it's one of those that I I personally probably wouldn't watch just uh, if I wasn't for work just because I'm I'm, I'm not really emotionally invested, yeah. Um, like I have been even in 1883, I was a little bit more emotionally invested. 1923, you had me, um, but yeah. <laughs> Not because of Brendan Sklinner or whatever his name is, Billy, as you're smiling. I'm assuming that's why you're smiling. I just but like it. It's not the show.
1: not because of Brendan Sklinner. Oh, Let's be it's honest not, here. not.
2: That is, it's an addition too, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah. it's that was not my sole reason for hey, tuning in. I'm not that shallow. Addison, yes.
1: I am not judging. I like myself a little eye candy too. It helps get back <laughs> excited about watching the show. All right. And and, and as a guy, <laughs> we certainly are we are often given eye candy. So I hold no Heart, I, I Ill will against you or judgment <laughs> for, you know, that's totally cool. Let's move yeah, on to trivia before human resources. Yeah, calls.
0: <laughs> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Trivial uh, staff at tasteupcountry.com with the correct answers, or you can leave it in the comment section on our YouTube video. But The question last week was, what does the sign outside the Yellowstone Ranch say? Exact verbiage only. And Addison, you can tell us that it says.
2: Picture this. You have the, I'm giving the full thing. Well, the words say Yellowstone Dutton Ranch. Hopefully I'm correct on this. And then on either side, it has the brand. Am I right, Billy?
1: Whitney writes in and says, The sign at the Yellowstone Ranch says Yellowstone Dutton Ranch with the Yellowstone Y on both ends. Oh, Whitney and Addison, today is your day. Girl. Congratulations hi fis all around. You guys absolutely wow. did it. Rock this world. Have yourselves one heck, an extra scoop of mashed potatoes for you at the Thanksgiving table this coming weekend. You are rock stars when it comes to Yellowstone trivia.
2: I'm impressed that she, that Whitney gave um, the brand. Yeah. Like, wow, good for you.
1: It was impressive. A couple other people knew it on YouTube as well. It was a fairly easy one. I think the one I have for this coming week is a little more difficult. What is it? In a flashback scene in episode six, we saw a cowboy beating Rip with a spoon saying, little orphan boy, little orphan boy. That man and the fight is interrupted. Rip goes after him and the fight is broken up by young Lloyd. That man was a young Lloyd who plays... Young Lloyd.
2: I actually know this one, but I won't say it because we've looked into this before on previous podcast. We have.
1: we have. I am recycling a little bit, but I don't think I've acted in the same a- asked it in the same way before. Uh, mm, staff dot com. If you know or if you have any other questions, comments, or concerns, the three C's as I call them.
2: No concerns. <laughs> yeah.
1: <Let us laughs> or <know>. corrections. <laughs>
2: Uh, okay, I'm gonna head into Q and A. If you're done, hit me. Okay, Judy on YouTube says I won't ever watch another show of Sheridan's after what he's done on To Yellowstone, and now you won't be able to be you won't be able to watch the rest of five for another year. November of 2024 is what they said. That's ridiculous.
1: I agree with you, Judy. <laughs> I, I I understand her irritation with it, but I think sometimes. Get over it. I guess is kind of <laughs> what I want to say to the Judies of the world. Like, yes, but like.
2: Spicy Billy.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, things happen, you know. Like, no, there is a yeah. strike. They couldn't come to terms. Like, the show, we, we're not owed a television show. Correct. Like, you just don't have to Correct. watch. But like. I won't watch it. Don't... We get this all the time in country music when people just say, "Oh, today's country sucks." There's not enough traditional country, and the CMA yeah. awards. And then you go to the CMA awards, and there's Tanya Tucker, and there's Alan Jackson, and there's Cody Johnson. It's like, well, you didn't watch the dang show if you have that hot take. So it just sort of really sort of chaps my ass a little bit. So you know, I Judy, that. I appreciate you for listening. Um, but next time you have your an opinion. opinion like that, uh, email Addison at TasteOfCountry.com <laughs> instead.
2: Just giving out my email personal email address out there, Billy. Uh I no, I, I I agree. Billy's gonna have like a subset of like any email I don't actually want answered, please email Addison Hager at la 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 la. Uh no, I, I'm annoyed, but to the point of like, yes, I'll still be watching all of Taylor's stuff, but also to your point, it's like I can be frustrated, but it's also not on them. Like you said, there was a strike. There's so many different things that couldn't happen yeah. because of it. So it's it's not that part's on our hands, but... Alrighty, second one I have for us is from Johnny, who says, You two are getting me through the things through... No, sorry, Johnny, I just butchered what you said. Uh, you two are getting me through things until the rest of the show comes back. Most looking forward to 1923 season two, honestly. I need to know who John's grandparents are.
1: Well, this well. is the... This is what we hope. Johnny, by the way, also knew the answer to the question. He just wasn't in first. Um, this is what we hope to find out from 1923 is who John Dutton's grandfather or great-grandfather is. I can't totally recall which it is um, because I forget. In 1923, is the British girl pregnant or do we just think she's pregnant?
2: We just... Uh,
1: Alex, Alexandra. Girl.
2: Oh, thank you. I was like, "Wait, what?" Um, incredible. We think she's pregnant.
1: Right. And then the other potential Michelle. grandmother lost the baby. Michelle Randolph lost the baby, right? Ye- yes, if I'm remembering yes. correctly. So, still a big question mark there. Um, I, 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 first of all, we're gonna have to rewatch episode season one before we start talking about this clearly. But the other thing is, we got a little <laughs> bit of an update on when um, production is gonna start resuming on Yellowstone, which isn't until the spring. Which means maybe they're gonna be shooting nineteen twenty three in the winter.
2: Maybe. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> giving the same type of enthusiasm you are because I I put no stake. And anything that we've been given,
1: but. Johnny, we appreciate that email though. Thank you. So very good, kind, positive email.
2: Staff at tasteofcountry.com. Not my personal email address is where you guys can also leave your questions, thoughts, concerns, like, like Billy said. Uh, that is where you can find us. All righty, mm-hmm. Billy. I'm here to wrap this bad boy up unless you have anything else.
1: No, I'm waiting for you. Let's, mm-hmm. let's hear it.
0: Well, y'all,
2: as always, the Yellowstone Denton Rules podcast is another interview-giving Town Square Media podcast. A hyphen. A hyphenated
1: <laughs> word today.
2: Hey, we dropped really wow. good, Corey. Corey, thank you, Corey Asbury. <laughs> shout out to him, awesome dude, um, for, for having fun with us on
1: the. All right, stop on talking. Life. The music bed's gonna end. We're just gonna be hanging out.
2: Okay, bye all. Bye. <laughs> you
0: know uh, <laughs>